Hey everybody, welcome to the Health and Wellness Show. Today is Friday, June 23rd, 2017. My name is Jonathan. I'll be your sort of host for today. Uh, joining me in our virtual studio from all over the planet, we have Tiffany, Doug, and Erica. Hey guys. Hello. 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 Hey. So today we are going to be talking about uh, mysterious deaths in the world of holistic doctors, scientists, and bankers. Um, so we are not, uh, just to clarify, we're not doing like an on-air investigation or anything like that. We're just going to have a conversation around this topic because we thought it was curious. Mm. Um, so in the summer of 2015, uh, I don't know how many of our listeners are aware of this, but 12 holistic doctors died under suspicious circumstances. Now, people do that all the time, of course. Uh what was weird about this is they were all in the same field. They were within three months of each other. Um, the uh, the suspicious deaths, the number of, of holistic doctors who have died suspiciously now is up around 60. Uh, there was a uh, there was also a spate of banker deaths that spanned the globe uh, in two th- that was in 2016 and in 2001 there was a spate of microbiologists who were found you know either suicided or whatever you want to call it. Um, climate scientists died mysteriously in 2013. So there's all these things around these different fields, and we thought it was really uh, curious. Now, they could be completely unrelated, um, but, you know, we just don't know. So I guess I'm curious what you guys think about this. If we want to start from just a basic, like, Occam's razor perspective, what do you think the chances are that these guys just died mysteriously the way people do sometimes? I think that people do die obviously yeah uh, i think maybe there is a connection between some of them i don't think that there's a connection between the holistic doctors and the bankers and the scientists but maybe there's a connection between some of the holistic doctors some of the scientists some of the bankers mm. maybe they knew something maybe they didn't maybe some of them were killed by the powers that be for a specific reason and maybe some other deaths were added in just to muddy the waters and confuse the situation. I yeah. don't know. I mean, I don't have access to forensic records or to the notes of what these people were working on. So it's really hard to say. Yeah, I think that's actually one of the most difficult things about the whole thing. Like speaking specifically about the holistic doctors. Is that, you know, it was when it first started happening, there was all these rumors coming out about what, what they were working on. And um, one big one was uh, GC math, um, which is, is a, a treatment that's supposed to be very successful for cancer and autism and diabetes and all these other kinds of things. Um, but then, it, <clears throat> excuse me, it turned out that it was really only one guy who was doing that. So there goes that connection. There was another one, another rumor going around that it was uh, some of them were working with CBD oil. But that was a pretty nefarious kind of, uh, not nefarious, but uh, it was dodgy. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't really confirmed. So I think one of the big problems with this is, is actually um, trying to connect the dots with what little information there actually is out there about it. And it's not as if governments around the world have not killed people on purpose for specific reasons. That happens. Mm-hmm. But when you see all of these clump together like that. I mean, it's natural for people to kind of come up with these theories as to why when we do know that those things do happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Especially regarding the the holistic doctors, you know, the idea that their research was really going to challenge big pharma in a lot of ways. 
And even um, Dr. Moulton, you know, back in 2003, I think, with the coming out against vaccines. Mm-hmm. So it, it is easy to get carried away and start to see all these things as connected. So we don't want to get carried away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was saying before the show, like, if Big Pharma killed everybody that knew something nasty about vaccines, then... There will be a whole lot of people <laughs> dead right now, including yeah. us. <laughs> well, I think one of the things that really um, kind of drew people's attention is the mysterious nature behind a lot of them. I mean, the first one was that that started kind of getting reported and then other ones started kind of getting grouped around it was a, a doctor named Dr. Bradstreet. Mm-hmm. And he was um, practicing in Florida, but then he moved his practice to Georgia. And this happened on June 19th, 2015. Um, and they ruled it, almost immediately they ruled it as a suicide, even though that didn't really seem to make much sense mm-hmm. because the guy was a relatively happy guy. He was like, he had a family. He um, was doing all this research on, on autism and actually having a really good success rate, as I understand it. And yeah. he's actually the one who, who actually was working with G- GC Math. Mm-hmm. And... Um, but they ruled it a suicide almost immediately, even though it was like by a gunshot wound to the chest, which mm-hmm. is an odd way to commit suicide, I think. And um, he was kind of found out in the middle of nowhere. I think he was in a river or something like that. So I think that because that one was so mysterious and then a couple of ones later on started happening in fairly quick succession and they also kind of had mysterious um, elements to them, that mm-hmm. that kind of just led people to start kind of grouping them together. And I'm not saying that they aren't. You know, related in some way because they could very well be, but uh, but uh, it could it could just be that it was a lot of freak murders kind of out of nowhere. Well, the thing about James Bradstreet that I found interesting was that um, Jeff, Je- I thought it was James Jeffrey, Doctor Bradstreet, yeah. <laughs> that he um, he was working with that GC GC math, and that he had treated over two thousand autistic children with the substance, and he was having like an eighty five percent success rate. Mm. And um, he actually provided expert testimony in family court for families of vaccine injured children. Mm-hmm. And he was the founder and president of the International Child Development Resource Center. And he actually once employed uh, the autism expert, Dr. Wakefield. Mm. So uh, he, um, he, he did all this research with autistic children and found that they had this high protein count of Nagalase causing the autism. And I think just weeks before he died, the FDA rated his... I think it was a few days before he died. His medical mm. office looking for this GCMAF. So, you know, that... Of course, we don't want to go all crazy on the conspiracy theories, but just his background and his research kind mm-hmm. of challenging the status quo, especially with all the shows we've done previously about this whole autism connection with vaccines. I just, it's just That one puzzling. runs pretty high on yeah. my suspicion list. Yeah, I agree. And it, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's funny. I mean, we've talked a lot on past shows about, you know, Big Pharma and how, you know, they very clearly are working in their own interest and and aren't really um, very, they don't seem to care at all about what actually happens to the patients. It's Mm -hmm. more just about kind of making a buck. But I guess really what the question comes down to is it, they, you know, how far are they actually willing to go to do these things? 
Mm-hmm. And there's not much doubt in my mind, as you said before, Tiff, that, you know, the, that, you know, these institutions would probably not even like hesitate to take somebody out were it in their best interest. If they actually felt threatened in a very serious way, then I, I could certainly see them doing that. Yeah. Um, but I guess the question is, were the, what these people were working on, was it actually threatening in a, in a really serious way? Yeah. And from just looking around at different articles, about these holistic doctors who died and they're trying to tie them all into GCMAF but the only thing only person I could find that actually worked with that was Dr. Bradstreet so yeah that tie is gone and I did want to say that um forgive us if we get a little sarcastic or snarky a little bit because these are real people who actually did die and they did have families so we yeah. want, don't want to treat this like too lightly, but we do want to just show how strange that it is mm-hmm. without disrespecting these people. Well, yeah. and also it's, it, it, it sends a message that these are kind of no-go topics to mm-hmm. go into, you mm-hmm. know. And, and after watching the documentary Vaxxed about how people like Dr. Wakefield have their entire lives ruined. I mean, he wasn't murdered, but his medical career was ruined and Mm -hmm. it took a lot of fighting on his part to redeem himself. And even to this day, the Vax documentary is getting a lot of negative media spin. Mm -hmm. So it's just Mm -hmm. something to keep in mind that it really takes guts for these Mm -hmm. doctors to come out and share what they know, knowing that they're going to be condemned. Yeah. I mean, even short of murder, there are repercussions. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> rather than just us list all of these people, we do have a clip that we can start off with. A lot of this reporting about these dead holistic doctors came from Aaron Elizabeth of Health Nut News. So we have a, uh, a little clip of her being interviewed. So we can go ahead and play that. She gives like a rundown on some more of these doctors who died. This is Lugodowski of WeAreChange.org here in Orlando, Florida. I'm joined by Aaron Elizabeth of HealthNutNews.com. And the story that Aaron has been working on is insane. There's a lot of holistic doctors that have been found dead. Some of them have been found in the woods. Some of them have been curing cancers. There's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of theories out there. But right now, we're here with Aaron to get to the bottom of it all. Aaron, what has been happening? What's going on? Well, Luke, uh, we started on June 19th with Dr. Bradstreet found dead in the woods with a gunshot wound to his chest, and it just went from there. We have 11 doctors dead in less than 90 days, and three uh, were found in the woods or outside. Uh, All three, they've said, are alleged suicide. Uh, We also have four established murders, and uh, then several who just died suddenly in the family. Some of the family members have come forward, even on TV, on local news, questioning those deaths, saying they don't understand there should be no reason they died. The autopsy isn't showing uh, the heart attack. They, there's no, they can't find a cause of death. So yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty frightening. Yeah. There's a lot of information that still hasn't been made public about everything that has been happening, but we know some of the details. Uh, some of the family members have actually been contacting you because you actually wrote the first story about the first doctor who passed away. And then you started studying this and then really uh, honing in on this topic. Uh, and you found a lot more doctors, uh, especially here in Florida, that passed away. And now the family members have been getting in contact with you. Can you tell us what some of the family members of these doctors have been telling you? 
Uh, yes. Well, they just really want to get to the bottom of this. They are surprised that the, um, with a, I haven't talked to all the family members, but with the one I have, that the sheriff would make these kind of assumptions, uh, like with Dr. Bradstreet, and uh, they've said that they, and one that died suddenly, another one, they just, they want answers. They really want answers, and they're starting uh, where I'm connecting them, where they can talk to each other, too, because some of them weren't connected, but as more come forward with demanding answers with what happened to their loved ones or their mate or their brother or whatever the case may be, um, I think that, uh, <coughs> you know, it's, they'll reveal more, hopefully more answers or connect the dots to what's been happening here. And some of these doctors uh, have been known to help patients with stage three, stage four cancer. Uh, you were just telling me a while ago, one of these doctors at his funeral had a bunch of survivors of cancers there too. Can you give us more details about that particular doctor and who he was? Sure, his name was Dr. Nicholas Gonzalez. He was very well known, was uh, like many of the doctors, was uh, an author, uh, outspoken. And at his funeral, even uh, Suzanne Summers, who was a patient of his, said that there were doctor, that there were patients there who were still alive today, years later, that had late stage, like pancreatic cancer, which is almost, you know, most people don't survive that. The survival rate's very low. And that they, and I have people writing me every day who say they were cured by these doctors, especially doctors like Nicholas Gonzalez, who was just uh, an expert in his field. And uh, the family has said, uh, the staff on his website, it says that the, they thought it was a heart attack, but the autopsy says it wasn't. They have no cause of death. He was healthy. You know, they, they, I'm sure they want answers too. Can you tell me about the doctors that have been found in the woods? Was it the same woods? Was it doctors related in the same field? Can you just give us all the details about that? Sure. Actually, it would have been three different doctors, starting with Dr. Bradstreet, who was found in a river, but it was in a secluded area. And then another one, Dr. Jeffrey Whiteside, who was found. They looked for the area weeks and weeks. He was with his family and just walked away and then was found dead in the woods weeks later with a gun by his side. And they immediately... Uh, called that suicide, and even the local news there said that they made a mess, quote-unquote, of the investigation. They called them out. At least some of these local medias are calling them out on it. And then the last one was someone we knew personally, Dr. Mitch Gaynor, who was also a, from New York City, like Dr. Gonzalez, a well-known author, published author, on, had been on Dr. Oz, and was found dead in the woods or were the trees outside his house, and had, uh, they called it, they, they said it was a suicide, but there's still an ongoing investigation. But within a couple days, the local sheriff there said suicide without really any full explanation of how he could call that so quickly. Wow. And, and these are like mainstream, like big holistic doctors that are on television. Why isn't the mainstream media giving this any attention at all? That is what's most suspicious to me. Uh, when Dr. Bradstreet died, they did have some of the papers, and I don't remember if it was particularly Forbes or Washington Post, you know, saying some national papers were talking about his death and saying that he was a quack, you know, the news was just right away trying to discredit him. Um, but that's a good question, really, besides one, Dr. Teresa Sievers, who was found bludgeoned to death with a hammer, who they talked about more because she was the only woman out of the doctors. Um, they just have not, mainstream has not been talking about it. Um, but I did get an email, well, actually, some of the family members who told me, a family member said that Time Magazine had tried to contact them, and then someone else said they tried to, con that Time Magazine contacted them. So eventually I wrote time and said, hey, to the, to the person, the, e the email address, you know, I, even if you don't want to mention my name, I did, sad as it is, gently as possible, break all 11 of these stories. And I would like to, um, you know, just talk to you, give you the facts so you know what you're doing. If you're doing a story on all these doctors and the possible connection, then uh, maybe you'd like to talk to me. They didn't answer. So then I sent out another 
email with a read not legal read notification attachment to it. And I can't say for sure that it was in Time Magazine, but it was like these similar IP addresses. And you could see that this person shared it with this person, this person, this person. And it looked appeared to be, allegedly, or someone at their email account, if it wasn't that author at Time Magazine, um, shared it with all these other people. Everyone's reading it, five minutes, two minutes, all over. New it was in New York City, where Time is. And they uh, never wrote me back. So I guess they decided they didn't want to talk to me, even yeah. though I wrote all the articles yeah. in, in the first place. Yeah. Why not want to talk to the person who broke the story and is the lead researcher in this? Uh, obviously, I could probably tell that the mainstream media um, will probably do a hit piece on this. That's why we need to get this information out to everybody out there. Now, of course, a lot of the dots are not always connected. There's still you know, a lot of theories circulating out there. Uh, can you give us your take on everything? Because I think what you told me before was just perfect with uh, where, where people should take this information. Yes, there are theories like uh, whether it would be cannabis oil because some of them promoted that definitely uh, or GC math which uh, has been shown to help people that may have autism or cancer. Um, but what I, my message really to people is that I don't want them to live in fear. Um, if there is a connection here and let's just, if we were to just, you know, go out on a limb and say that it was connected, that's exactly what they would want was for people to be scared. So um, if this were an orchestrated hit or something, then they'd want to scare people. So I don't want people to be afraid. I want them to uh, feel, you know, especially doctors who write me every day who say they're fearful. I really admire the ones who aren't afraid to keep practicing and stay strong and be aware, but don't be frightened. Don't be afraid to, you know, to go into hiding because I really believe that the only way that um, that you we're going to prevail with this is to stay strong and to stay united too. So. Yeah. We definitely don't know everything that's happening, but we definitely need to bring more attention to this situation. Aaron Elizabeth, thank you so much for your research. Definitely check out helpnutnews.com. If you found this video uh, helpful, definitely share it. Um, people need to know about this stuff. Uh, so get it out there to all your friends and family members. Thank you again so much for watching. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I have a bunch of other people. And again, just because these people are doctors doesn't mean that they can't die or be murdered just like mm -hmm. everybody else can. But mm -hmm. uh, there's a bunch more. Uh, there's a doctor named Armand Burt, died on Valentine's Day, and his family reported him missing. He was found in his car in a parking lot of a Lowe's home, home improvement store. They said it was a heart attack. There was another doctor who originally, it was thought that she died of natural causes. Her name was Dr. Mary Yoder. But it turns out that one of her employees killed her with a drug used to treat gout. Hmm. Um, there was another doctor that was very well-loved in the community named Dr. Rasmussen. She taught biology and nutrition. She was stabbed more than 30 times in her house. And the police at that time were searching for this mentally unstable neighbor who may have done it. Uh, There's a really suspicious one uh, named uh, Dr. Han. He and his family, they were found dead in their home. Uh, there was a suspect in this case whose father was ex-CIA, whether this has anything to do with it or not. Mm. Uh, I don't know. 
but the cops said the killings were not random. There was another doctor who, who got stabbed to death in her house, maybe by a boyfriend, who knows. A chiropractor who got killed in his office from being shot. Uh, but it turns out that he was arguing with a patient or a client of his and the client killed him. So I don't know. I thought he was uh, the husband of one of his employees or something like that. Yeah. Or is that yeah. a different case? No, I think that's the same one. Yeah. And then there's a, a couple of different doctors died on Father's Day, I think it was. Dr. Bruce Hedendahl in Miami found dead in his car, no explanation. He'd had run-ins with the feds because he was using unconventional treatments, and he also worked with cancer patients. And there was a doctor who lived near Dr. Hedendahl. Um, he was a victim of a homicide after police were called to do a welfare check. Uh, and there was a Dr. Holt. He died on Father's Day, just like Dr. Hedendahl. Uh, he was on his way to Jacksonville, Florida. Um, he had some health issues, but they say that none of them were life-threatening uh, there was another doctor who was brutally murdered in her house, uh, Dr. Fitzpatrick, who was on his way to Montana, and they found his truck on the side of the road, and his body wasn't in it. And they haven't found it. No, they have found it now. They found it? Okay. I think if it's the same one I'm thinking of, they actually found him in the forest, like mm -hmm. with, a, with a gun sitting next to him or something like that. And I think they yeah. ruled it as a suicide or something. And then there was a pulmonologist named Jeffrey Whiteside. He went missing. Uh, allegedly, he successfully treated lung cancer, and he went missing while he was vacationing with his family. Uh, there was another one, too. Hmm. I don't think you mentioned that one, but Dr. Clogston, hmm. who was uh, 68, and he went missing for three weeks was eventually found dead in his car, which um, apparently went off the road or something. But the thing was, they were looking for him for three weeks, and where he was found was on the same road that he took to ro like he took the same route to work like every day for the last like what does it say thirty years? Mm. Why didn't they find it before three weeks? <laughs> you know, you'd think that would be along their search area. It's like maybe yeah, we'll that one reminded me of the missing four one one series mm -hmm. where the. Uh, the searchers come in and they look over an area several times and then they come back and all of a sudden they find the body or clues or something. Well, yeah, there was another weird thing too because he went missing on March 14th, but then um, a friend of his saw him somewhere like a couple of days later. So it's like, how 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 was he missing for <laughs> for three weeks? But his, but his friend saw him at some point. Mm. I don't know. The whole, that, that whole one was kind of weird. And yeah, you're right. The missing 411 stuff does... Kind of has a weird uh, synchronicity there. Yeah. There was this other meditation medicine doctor named Jamie Zimmerman who slipped and died while vacationing in Hawaii and was swept out to sea. Hmm. So all this stuff sounds really weird when you list them all together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But again, nobody can figure out any ties to any of them. And doctors die just like everybody else. Well, that's just the thing, because, I mean, some of them, yeah, there's some that are, you know, kind of more high profile. They've been on TV, you know, uh, 
the, the doctor who helped Suzanne Summers beat her breast cancer and like all, all these kind of high profile ones. But then there's other ones who just seem like they're like, you know, chiropractor from some, you know, little small town in somewhere in America or something like that. And mm-hmm. you know, gets brutally murdered or like, so they certainly weren't all high profile. <clears throat> and, you know, this, this could, it could just be that, um, um, like Erica was saying before that they're, maybe they're just kind of trying to muddy the waters or something like that and just throwing a bunch in there that aren't really related at all. But, um, I also wonder if, if it's, if it's kind of like observer bias too. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, almost all, like you were saying, almost all of this information is coming through Aaron Elizabeth, um, of health, not news. Now, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with what she's doing. You know, she's, she's kind of publicizing these deaths and she does say, you know, we don't know that there is any kind of connection here, but it's suspicious. But just by kind of grouping them all together, I mean, I, I honestly wonder if you took any given profession mm-hmm. and kind of took, a, you know, just took a look at the over the course of the year, how many of these kind of weird murders would you find? How many people would go missing? How many people would, you know, commit suicide? Um, so I, I do wonder if maybe it's just kind of like, yeah, maybe there's a couple of suspicious ones in there, but then you just end up throwing all these other ones on top of the pile that don't necessarily belong there. Like there was yeah. one, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, I was checking um, Health Nut News, which is Erin Elizabeth's uh, site. And she was talking about some yoga instructor who had apparently committed suicide. And she said it was very suspicious and all this kind of stuff. But like a yoga instructor? I mean, honestly, <laughs> is that who Big Pharma is trying to take out? Like the whole thing just kind of weird. Like, you know, it sounded like she was doing good work. She was working with women who had, um, you know, experienced trauma um, mm-hmm. from like sexual abuse or, or other um, types of abuse and, you know, really helping them to kind of get on with their lives through yoga and other kind of holistic practices. But I mean, at the same time, it's like I, I really can't see, you know, um, Big Pharma being like, okay, this yoga instructor is a threat. We've yeah. got to take her out. It just so it, it it just seems like maybe some are definitely kind of getting grouped in here or that maybe don't necessarily belong. Well, I think too it's important for our listeners to know uh, about Erin Elizabeth. So she is married to Dr. Mercola. So I think part of what inspired her to do this sequence, and she talks about it, is that they knew many of these doctors that mm-hmm. they had interviewed them. And that a lot of them were happening on the East Coast, Florida, Georgia, you know, Dr. Bradstreet was found in North Carolina. And more than anything, I think she was really feeling the pain of the families, as she had explained in the video, that she was being contacted. And there was just so many unanswered questions around it that I think more just to deal with the grief she started putting these things together and, you know, it's interesting if you Google holistic doctor's death, it's like the second listing on Google is from Snoops and they go through and they debunk mm-hmm. everything saying, mm-hmm. well, really yeah. only about five of these are legitimately questionable, but even five, it, it makes you mm-hmm. wonder, you know? Mm-hmm. I yeah. think that because Erin Elizabeth says that she started all this holistic doctor death research inadvertently. I think, yeah, at the beginning, there was a lot of people that she knew, but I also think that a lot of people just been sending her articles about doctors who died Mm -hmm. under suspicious circumstances. And maybe it just kind of snowballed from there and it became this whole big thing that it really didn't deserve to be. Yeah. 
one of our chatters says that Aaron Elizabeth and Dr. Mercola are not technically married. She does never refer to him as husband. She calls him uh, her better half. So maybe they yeah. just go together. And the thing is, I mean, you, you don't want it to... matters. <laughs> you don't want to necessarily paint them with the same brush, but Mercola is, I mean, I, li- I like Mercola. I, I really like his stuff, but he does tend to be quite alarmist. Mm-hmm. Um, in a lot of uh, situations, like he seems to to kind of like really ramp up the kind of uh, panic. You know, it's time for everyone to panic now. And um, you know, I I don't necessarily I'm not necessarily I don't know much about Aaron Elizabeth, but I could see maybe if they kind of both have that tendency, then there might be a um, well, yeah, you know, just like a, a tendency to maybe um, draw connections where there aren't necessarily any. Mm-hmm. And I also think that there are doctors out there who are very popular. I won't name any names, but they've come up with much, much worse evidence about how vaccines are so toxic and they cause deaths and they are still with us. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I know no way think that this is something that people should be panicking over like she alluded yeah. to in that little clip. Yeah. I mean, that that is the really kind of what it comes down to. I mean, is there really motive for this? Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe in a couple of situations, it's like, yeah, the Dr. Bradstreet sounded like maybe he was onto something and that if it kind of got out, it might have actually been the big thing that kind of and was actually a threat to Big Pharma. But a lot of them, I I just don't see it. I don't know, unless they were working super secretly and nobody really knew what they were doing. And mm-hmm. um, so, I mean, you know, on the one hand, you don't want to just sit here and dismiss it all, um, yeah. because like we were saying before, I mean, it certainly isn't beyond the scope of, you know, whatever, Big Pharma, Big Agra, FDA, whoever, to um, would who would do something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've certainly seen like the CDC and after all the information about the whistleblower came out, um, you know, the, just the lengths that they'll go to, to, to really kind of maintain the status quo. Um, but I think, you know, we do have to kind of keep our wits about us here and really kind of take a, mm-hmm. a good look at it and see if there really is a motive. Well, going back to um, Dr. Gonzalez, so the one that cured Suzanne Summers, and he actually cured his own pancreatic cancer. I mean, he's been a practicing physician for over 30 years, and he's known for developing what was called the Gonzalez regime. And it was an alternative cancer treatment. And um, he was a keynote speaker at the Whole Life Expo the year that he was murdered. And he um, basically had like a three-tiered approach that wasn't so controversial. It was just personalized diet, detox, and supplementation. And he's kind of well-known for his research on coffee enemas. But when uh, we were looking into these doctors' deaths, it turns out that he did come out years past about the dangers of EMF and was really vocal about it. So again, is it, is, is his death, you know, igniting in people these quote unquote conspiracy theories because he is shaking the apple cart. And Mm -hmm. and And I think what made a lot of people look at that because his death wasn't all that odd to me. Um, he allegedly died at home with his wife doing, was doing CPR and she called an ambulance. So, Mm. I mean, that happens quite a lot. But I think the thing that 
drew people to this story was that he had said sometime before he died that he heard the big pharma wanted him to get hit by a bus. Hmm. Yeah. And I mean, you know, there is, we're pretty aware that there is to, uh, tech, like nefarious technology out there for um, inducing heart attacks from a distance. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's not, it's not beyond the scope of possible, but yeah, it's a, it's a good question. And the other thing is too, I mean, one of the chatters brought up in our, um, in our uh, chat room there that <clears throat> just um, by taking these doctors out, you know, think about all the, the books or something like that, that they would write. But the thing is, a lot of them had already written their books. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, I mean, Gonzalez w- was probably, you know, more t- approaching the end of his career than anything else. I don't think he, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't, I don't think that he was on, on the verge of some kind of breakthrough or something like that. He had kind of been very public about what he was doing and how he was treating things. And I don't know what could be gained by um, taking him out at this point. Mm-hmm. And it's not like there aren't doctors who cure their patients of cancer and their patients go to their funeral and talk about how great of a doctor that they were. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is not suspicious to me. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> we can move on to uh, some some dead bankers and some dead scientists. Yeah. I mean, that can, we can raise the suspicion bar again. Yeah. Um, we have another clip. Uh, this one talks a little bit about some scientists. A few bankers are thrown in, maybe a holistic doctor here and there, but we can take a listen to this one. Uh, has an unbelievable report, but here's the news happening right now. I want to thank Nick of New York for this report. We have another NASA scientist that has died. This happened last Friday. That's his plane crashing in the streets of L.A. Um, What is it that these NASA scientists know and somebody don't want us to find out? Well, there was a 47-year-old NASA scientist, Alberto Bihar, he helped to prove that there was water on Mars. This is the guy that helped prove that. According to a very sad Daily Mail story, his small plane crashed um, there in the streets of Los Angeles. He's 47 years old. He is dead. What did he know? What about John Rogers? He was a, a tropical disease expert in the tropics. He worked uh, with the National Institute of Health. He was found dead near his home in a wrecked car that went off an embankment in Maryland back in September of 2014. Single car crash, he's dead. What about Glenn Thomas? He was an AIDS and Ebola scientist expert a spokesperson even for the world health organization he was one of 298 people that died on that malaysian air flight mh17 the one that was shot out of the sky over ukraine he was on that plane what did he know that we are not going to find out and then there was mark ferry age 59 he's a nuclear engineer a renowned American engineer. He was found dead in his hotel room of a 
apparent heart attack, maybe. What did he know as a nuclear engineer? And then there was Professor Carol Ambrewster, age 69, from the University Professor of Astronomy and Astrophysicist. She was found in her own home by her roommate, dead in the kitchen with a knife stuck in her neck, and she had been stabbed in the chest. Are you serious? What? But wait, there's more. There's Anne Sarinsky, age 53. She pioneered cervical cancer vaccine. Remember her? Doctors are still lost. They can't explain what killed her in her Hampstead home this past August 2014. They don't know what was the cause of death for this brilliant researcher. And then there's Shane Todd, age 31. He had a PhD in electrical engineering. He was an expert. He was also found dead. He was very uncomfortable with the work he was doing for a Chinese company with a brand new one-of-a-kind machine. It had to do with defense. He also was mysteriously found dead. But wait, what did he die from? I mean, that's always the question, right? What did he die from? Well, they don't know. Matter of fact, even 60 Minutes CBS, or excuse me, CBS 48 Hours did a show on it. What did this young man do? He had, he was, he was very uncomfortable with this one of a kind machine that they had him testing. So he quit his job, got a different job in Virginia, bought a ticket to fly to Virginia to his new job. And on his way, he was killed in the plane crash. And then there's Dr. Richard Holmes, age 48. He was a weapons expert. Dr. Holmes believed to have worked on the production of chemical protection suits for troops for the invasion of 1991. He, are you serious? They say that he committed suicide. And then there's Melissa Katuni. She died last January 2013. Firefighters had to get her charred body she was a pediatrician. She had been murdered. She had been hogtied. She had been strangled and set on fire in her basement. She had worked at a children's hospital in Philadelphia as a leading pediatrician and researcher. And then there's Professor Dr. Richard Crow, age 60. He died back in May of this year. Apparently drove his car off the side of the road in Bankman in Arizona. He was involved in astronomy program, involved in what's coming in the sky. Then there was girl Bazardet, died this past January 17th. She was shot in her home. She was an Iranian molecular scientist, gunned down in her home. Also, there was James Miller, age 58. He died as a result of a home invasion. He had a doctorate degree in medical biochemistry at Ohio State University. 
and was involved in research. And then there is Zachary Green Warfield, age 35. He died on the 4th of July from a strange boating accident in the Potomac River. He was founder and member of the board of directors of Ominous, a Virginia-based strategic consulting firm for the intelligence community. What did he know? And then there's Jonathan Whittem, age 55. He died, apparent heart attack. He was a professor of molecular bioscientist at a Weinberg College. Then there's Farjan Meng, age 29, and Chiang Zhang, age 26. Both of them drowned in a hotel swimming pool. What? Are you buying that? What did these guys do? They were involved. They were working on atomic pathology and in specialist in the research of this new field. And then there is Andre Provov. He died in a Russian plane crash. He was involved in hydropress factories and nuclear and involved in development of Iran's nuclear plant. And then there's Roger Dickey, age 56. He died uh, apparently because he jumped off the George Washington Bridge. He's a nuclear engineer. What nuclear engineer do you know at age 56 goes out and jumps off the George Washington Bridge? Yeah, I don't know any nuclear engineers, so I can't really speak from that standpoint. But yeah, so uh, another batch of weird deaths. Again, can't say that they're connected. They're just strange. Yeah. Uh, But one death that was really strange, and pretty much everybody thinks that this one was strange, and there was probably some dirt involved in it, was Dr. The name David Kelly. He died mm, yeah. in 2003. He was found dead in the woods three days after he testified in a government inquiry about weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. His death was ruled a suicide. But uh, suspicious things about his death was that his body looked like it had been moved twice. There was a knife found, and I guess they said he slit his wrists, but... The amount of blood loss from slicing your wrists, a lot of doctors say that it's really not that much that you bleed out and die in the way that they claim that Dr. David Kelly did. Um, they said that the amount of blood on the scene was very sparse. Uh, they say that he had vomit stains around the corners of his mouth and his ears, which suggests that he died on his back. But when they found him, he was slumped up against a tree. Hmm. But um, there was some uh, research connecting him to ethnic-specific weapons. He did some research with some Israeli firms, and apparently they were researching weapons that would target Arabs and not Jews. So a lot of people uh, cite that as one of the causes, at least, for his murder in quotation marks well he was the one who was about to blow the whistle on the fact that there was no there were no weapons of mass destruction in, in iraq wasn't he yeah wasn't he that yeah. guy yeah yeah the same that guy. seems like a pretty good motive right there yeah 
So, yeah, I wouldn't put it past certain forces in that particular yeah. case to take somebody out. Yeah. But it turns out that it came out that there were no weapons of mass destruction in <laughs> exactly. Iraq anyway. Uh, so if they were hoping to accomplish something with his death, it did not work. <laughs> well, it did for the time being. Yeah. Yeah. For a little but, while until everybody yeah. got on board and they uh, just never bothered to follow up on the fact that everything that was presented was a lie. <laughs> Yep. But with that clip, I mean, again, you kind of have that guy was a, a little. <laughs> well, I know. And I mean, yeah. some of the ones he's kind of, it sounds like he would list off one and I'm like, that sounds like a fairly ordinary death. And he'd be like, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, well, that doesn't really say it's like these two guys drowned in a pool. I mean, people mm-hmm. drown in pools. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that they were in a related industry and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's kind of suspicious. But I don't I don't know. I mean, maybe there just isn't enough information there to go on. But yeah. a lot of those, I was just kind of like, you know, he's like, what kind of nuclear engineer jumps off the George Washington Bridge? I, I don't know. Let's look up the statistics. Does it happen? Uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, there was this other guy named Joseph Mosh. Uh, police were chasing him down the street in L.A. in 2009. And allegedly his car engine was knocked out by an EMP. And they used a, he wouldn't get out of the car, so they used a robotic arm to smash his window. And they sprayed in tear gas and pepper spray, and he still wouldn't get out. Uh, yeah. He, he was taken to a mental hospital, and then he was taken to jail, and then silently released to parts unknown. This guy allegedly had links to mysterious Morgellons-like disease, and he was doing research on a very strong fungus yeah so that whole thing seems suspicious when they send out the wolves to get you in broad daylight and on a public street yeah and they love tear gas at you and it has no effect yeah and you get taken to a mental hospital yeah and then you just kind of quietly disappear (laughs) forever yeah there's another weird one or not, depending on how you look at it. Someone named Temple Terrace, who worked at the University of South Florida, was a molecular biologist and died in an apparent suicide, but used cyanide. And Temple Terrace was studying uh, mosquitoes and disease transmission. Hmm. So we do know a little bit about... uh, uh, what do they call it? Mosquitoes that deliver vaccines. <laughs> yeah. Bioterrorism. Yeah. Yeah. GMO mosquitoes. Well, the, fact, the fact that they, well, that she apparently committed suicide by cyanide. Yeah. Like if you were going to pick a way to kill yourself, I think cyanide would probably be up there with your last choices. Mm-hmm. Like that's a painful, painful way to go. You know, especially since she just checked into a hotel, like couldn't she have just jumped off the roof or something like that? Or it couldn't seems, she have uh, taken a bunch of sleeping pills? I mean, why cyanide? Yeah. And didn't yeah. she tell the people when she was checking in that she had some cyanide with her? Yeah, that which is also a very strange thing to say. Did you tell the hotel clerical, oh, by the way, I'm carrying cyanide? <laughs> well, good for you. It just seems that, yeah, that, that whole thing was very strange. Yeah. 
So, um, yeah, but it's not as if bioweapons are not a thing and it's not as if certain entities have been researching ethnic specific bioweapons and it's not as if certain entities have not tested ethnic specific weapons on certain populations. I mean, they've done that with blacks and Native Americans, so it's not something that's completely out of the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or likelihood even. I mean, we know that there's sick enough sick people out there who would be researching and uh, attempting this kind of thing. Yeah. So, <laughs> we can also add on top of this a uh, bunch of dead bankers. And this oh, was yeah. a really big thing, like a couple of years ago, maybe 2014 or so, if I remember correctly. A bunch of bankers died suspiciously, whether of murder-suicides, suicides, jumping off buildings, just suspicious deaths. And there were a few of them who died while riding their bikes. Really? Yeah. At least two that I can think of. Huh. Got hit by a van or got hit by a truck while riding their mm. bikes. Or maybe one of them was a climate scientist. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, one of oh, them was, yeah, a climate, was a climate scientist riding his bike to work and got hit by a truck. Hmm. I mean, that's a pretty easy way to take somebody out, really. <laughs> You're pretty defenseless yeah. on a bike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there were, in 2013, three climate scientists who died suspiciously. Um, yeah. One fell down the steps. You don't hear much about people falling down the steps and dying much these days. Yeah. And the one that was hit on his bike and another one was struck by lightning, which I can't which is imagine. Also weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people get struck by lightning, but can you cause someone to get struck by lightning? Yeah. That's a weird one. But it was some kind of lightning, lightning yeah. weapon. Allegedly, they were going to reveal how rapidly global warming was melting Arctic ice, which in itself is kind of fishy because global warming not. is not happening. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that Arctic ice isn't melting because of undersea volcanic activity. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I don't know. Were they getting too close? Yeah, getting too close to the truth. That's a good question. The banker ones, too, I know, like, a lot of them were suicides. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there was a couple of them that were actually, like, really violent, where the, the, the banker actually, like, killed their wife or girlfriend or something first mm-hmm. and then killed themselves. I think yeah. the first one, it was a, with a gun. And then the second one is, like, the guy stabbed his wife like 30 times or something like that and then used the knife on himself to stab himself in the chest. Mm-hmm. Like that's just but bizarre. I do have a clip on that one, but getting back mm. to the scientists real quick, quick before we go to the clip, some of these scientists who died were working with NASA were astronomers or something like astronomer, astronomers. Mm-hmm. Um, what if, and this is one of the theories that's been bandied about, what if they are aware of coming cometary bombardment or something like that, mm-hmm. and NASA wants to shut them up? Yeah. Certainly possible. 
Yeah. I actually I actually saw a headline <clears throat> the other day, which is maybe I was gonna I, I read the article, but uh, the article itself was quite short, and it was mostly a video, and my internet wasn't working so well at the time, so I didn't end up watching it. But it was talking about um, mysterious deaths of UFO researchers. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe that's just more coincidence, or maybe it's related to the NASA scientists. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it was in any way. I think I did watch that video. And it's oh, you did? About some, yeah. There was about four of them who went missing, mm. and uh, no one knows what happened. Oh. But it could be that they were just abducted by a UFO. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. But uh, do we want to go to the dead bankers? Because I found many, most of these were like almost unbelievable how a lot of these people died. Okay. Okay. But the phenomenon I'm referring to is the mass amounts of suspicious banker deaths that have been occurring all over the world nonstop. Uh, and when I say bankers, I'm not talking about tellers or mortgage brokers. I'm talking about big-time executives from the biggest financial institutions on the planet, ING, Chase Manhattan, IFC, Rockefeller & Co., uh, and especially J.P. Morgan executives, literally dropping dead. Uh, and what's strangest about this whole fiasco are the circumstances in which these people are dying and the rulings that follow for the causes of death. 95% of them are ruled as suicide, while well, a large number of those are easy to show as a murder, which shows the police in all of these different cities and all of these different countries are covering up the truth in cases of gruesome murders. What's more, uh, the press, which one would hope is made up of investigators interested with reporting the truth, which we know is not the case, are reporting exactly what the police say without challenging the narrative a bit. It's a little condescending and an insult to your intelligence when you're reading these articles to, to see the conclusions that A, the police are coming up with, and then B, the mainstream media is regurgitating for them. Now, for some examples of how easy these deaths are to spot as obvious foul play, we'll first go over a few of these reports in an article I put together at the end of 2014, which is a list of headlines that ties up all of these deaths together over the entire year. Uh, so right off the bat, we have Sean Miller, and he's an AMG and IFC executive who was found with his throat slit in his bathtub. Uh, now, the NYPD ruled Sean's death a suicide right away, and the New York Times reported it as a suicide right after. But the article still mentioned the fact that police were confused as to why there was no knife or razor of any kind in Sean's apartment. So we must ask ourselves here, how does a guy slash his own throat with nothing to slash his throat with? And, of course, the answer is he couldn't. Someone else had to have done it and taken the weapon with them when they left the apartment. Then we have uh, Richard Talley, the CEO banker who was reportedly shot in the chest, the neck, and the head with a nail gun repeatedly and died a horribly painful death. And again, the police right away ruled it a suicide, as if someone could or would do something like that to themselves. Uh, and another name, Gary Webb, actually was reported to have shot himself in the back of the head twice. And which is an impossibility, of course. So you see the type of game that's being played here. Clearly, these people are being killed and reported as suicides. It's that simple, and the media is covering it up. Uh, why? I don't know, but it gets more sadistic as we go on. Uh, a lot of these executives are being killed along with their families, uh, just like Benedict Philippines from uh, BNP Paribus Fortis Bank, whose nine-year-old nephew and wife were gunned down with him in front of his Belgian mansion. 
or Julian Knott, a J.P. Morgan executive who reportedly shot his wife with a shotgun and then blew his own face off with the same gun. Family and friends, of course, shocked and saying that they never would have expected something like that. The couple is very much in love. Or uh, W.L. Ross investment president Tanji Dewberry, who burned to death with her son inside of their New Jersey mansion. Uh, or this J.P. Morgan executive who was crushed by an SUV right in front of her kids. And the list goes on. Uh, and then we have the jumpers, tons and tons of jumpers, uh, like Nassim Mubim, who was reported to have jumped off the 10th floor of his office building, or Daniel Leaf, a Bank of Scotland manager, who is said to have fallen 1,000 feet to his death off the edge of a cliff. Uh, there was no surname provided for this one, but it's been shown that a high-up French banker also fell off the roof at work after questioning her superiors. Um, Kenneth Belandro was a jumper. 28-year-old Bitcoin CEO Autumn Radke died after jumping, apparently, from a high-rise in Singapore. And then there's Eddie Riley, who didn't jump off a roof, but was reported to have jumped in front of a train on Long Island. Uh, Lee Junji was the second J.P. Morgan executive in two weeks to have ended up a stain on the sidewalk in front of J.P. Morgan's Hong Kong high-rise. And those were followed in England with Gabriel McGee jumping off J.P. Morgan's head office roof in London. Uh, Mike Dwecker fell 50 feet off an embankment after hopping a fence on the side of the highway in Tacoma at night for some reason. Um, Robert Wilson jumped off the roof of his apartment in New York. Carl Slim, a financial advisor from England, flew out of his window from a 22nd floor hotel in Bangkok, which is strange because bank manager Michael Turner ate dinner in Bangkok just after that and dropped dead a few hours later from what looks like was poisoning, and he was also from England as well. Plenty more jumpers. We don't have time to go over all of them, but we'll go over a few of these cyclists. Uh, people riding bikes that are high up executives are also getting hit and killed at an alarming rate. Uh, this one here, Amar Kess from Israeli investment firm Markstone Capital, was hit on his bike in Israel in a hit and run, as was J.P. Morgan banker Joseph G. Papa in Ohio and Verna Minak Matova from Bank of America Merrill Lynch. And these are just a few. Uh, it's an extensive list, and that's just 2014. So you can go to cuttothetruth.com to check out that list. There's plenty more, plenty more suspicion. Uh, but this year, 2015, hasn't been a pause. It is definitely business as usual. Actually, just today, the Daily Mail UK reported on a Wall Street investment banker named Thomas J. Hughes, who threw a party and was found dead on the sidewalk 24 stories below his apartment. Uh, which is in New York, I believe. But Thomas J. Hughes isn't alone in 2015, to say the least. Uh, there have been dozens more of these executives disappearing. It's literally an epidemic. Um, we had Michael Tabachi from J.P. Morgan, also, go figure, uh, who was found in his bed dead beside his strangled wife and sleeping baby. And, of course, it was ruled a suicide, murder, murder-suicide. Uh, CEO Bob Thomas, a banker worth $573 million, uh, died suddenly just yesterday. Uh, here's a Goldman Sachs exec who was beaten to death in a jazz club. Another bicycle rider killed from Citicorp in New York. So basically, if you're a banker these days, it would be a good idea to start riding an exercise bike and avoid all roads whatsoever uh, and move to the first floor of your building. Uh, here's one from Morgan Stanley, 
Brack Bank manager found dead, a bank exec found dead in front of his home in the Caribbean, uh, an Indian banker killed in the U.S. by a truck speeding through a stop sign out of nowhere. This Mumbai banker was arrested and died in police custody. Uh, another J.P. Morgan banker's wife was told he was okay after his train derailed, and then she was told that he was dead the next day, having died at the scene. Uh, it's just so bizarre, and so many, and the list go- goes on and on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those ones are a little easier to connect. Yeah, because uh, they all work for the financial industry, and for years there's been talk about coming economic crisis um, one of the theories being pushed around is that there is going to be an economic reset that the elites are going to want to pull off. And if these bankers had any information about that, they could blow the whistle and make things difficult for these elite bankers. Mm. So I don't know. We do have a caller though. Let's get the caller on the line. Hello, caller. Are you there? Hello. Uh, it sounds like the caller is not there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nope, no caller. Maybe they'll call back. But uh, all taken together, very, very suspicious. I'd say the, yeah. the dead bankers, I mean, with all those suicides... I know yeah. there was talk of a lot of suicides before uh, the Great Depression. These bankers mm-hmm. killed themselves. I mean, it could have been the same story back then. <laughs> Maybe they were pushed. Yeah. One never knows. But, uh, yeah, of all of the the little clumps of groups of people that we've been talking about, the bankers are the most yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. Well, pa- pa- it could very well be just because of the numbers, too. But like mm-hmm. the num the sheer number of them who are all, you know, you know, if you look at you know three climate scientists, yeah, it's suspicious. I mean, especially since they are all in the same field and all looking at the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, you could kind of be like, well, three, you know, that's maybe just uh, coincidence. But when you listen, <laughs> I mean, how many did he list off there? It must have been like fifty. Yeah. And he wasn't even listing them all. So I mean, in that situation, it's kind of like, yeah, there's clearly something going on there. Yeah. In the gruesome way that they died. Yeah. And not just them alone, but bringing their families into it yeah. in a lot of cases. Yeah. And I don't know. This is just something that I thought of. Um, but apparently it's not illegal for companies to take out life insurance policies on their employees hmm. and collect the dividends when their employees die. Really? So <laughs> I don't know if this is something <sighs> coming from... Banks just trying to collect their money or it's really hard to say, but that is a thing. Yeah. And I think I remember reading that JP Morgan was one of the the companies that actually does that. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like maybe an extreme way, like if if that was Mm -hmm. the only motive, it's like, let's just start knocking off our employees and collecting the insurance money. (laughs) Like, it seems like whatever they If they can't just print money whenever they want to. Exactly. So money is not an issue. After how many billions, how much more money do you need? So, well, I'm sure for them, (laughs) there's probably never enough. 
Exactly. Or sending a clear message too for others that may be thinking that they wanted to share some sort of insider knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, with the economic crash that happened and being privy to that information and maybe people seeing that is they're going to think twice. Yeah. About sharing what they know or but how yeah. many do you have to kill for people to get the get the message? <laughs> yeah, good question. strange so all in all there's really no consensus to be reached except that there's something fishy going on like maybe with the doctors you could say that maybe one or two of them especially dr bradstreet Mm -hmm. may have Mm -hmm. been onto something really big but like i said before a lot of people have been researching alternative healing methods that have worked and they're still alive Mm -hmm. now with the uh microbiologists and the scientists maybe there's something to the bioweapons that they were looking into and that was a reason for their deaths and then with the bankers with the whole economic turmoil that's supposed to be coming up maybe that's a reason but Mm -hmm. we can never know for sure there's some things that you just don't know you can only speculate yeah So do you yeah. have anything more? Just more questions than any answers, really. <laughs> exactly. Can we have, can we have some answers here, please? Because mm-hmm. this is all very confusing. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe some of these bankers were upset about the dirty dealings that they did and decided to jump off a building, oh, commit I'm sure suicide in it. some other way. Maybe yeah. a small percentage of them of did that. Yeah. Maybe that was going on in some cases. <laughs> I would, out of that entire list the guy gave, I would maybe say one. Yeah. <laughs> After you make your first few million, I think if you were going to have a crisis of conscience, it would have happened by then. But once you get into the five hundred million mark, mm. you, yeah, from pretty much all your empathy is probably gone at that point. Probably. Yeah. So. I don't know. We can leave it up to the listeners to draw their own conclusions or continue to ask their questions. I'm sure there'll be a lot more stories coming out. Mm. Uh, There was one mention of Ebola. One of the doctors was an Ebola researcher. Whenever somebody says Ebola, my ears prick up. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, they do have an Ebola vaccine in the works. And the whole Ebola thing, I mean, it blew up for a while and then it just went quiet and then recently there were a few more cases that they reported but i don't know are they yeah i was just gonna say like ebola doesn't really seem like a hot topic at this point so i mean maybe leading up to the release of the vaccine there'll be another uh, crazy outbreak somewhere mm -hmm. everybody will be afraid for their lives yeah so we do have uh zoya's pet health segment to bring us back down to just routine, everyday goings-on involving you and your cat. <laughs> <laughs> and a swift change of topic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll go ahead and play Zoya's pet health segment. Great. Hello, and welcome to the pet health segment of the Health and Wellness Show. Today I would like to share with you a short recording by Jackson Galaxy, 
a famous cat behavior specialist, where he explains how to train your cat not to wake you up and bother you in the early morning. Very important, right? Well, enjoy. Agatha Oliver. Uh, my husband is asthmatic, so our cats, both 10 months, have to stay out of our bedroom. Um, one lad recently worked out, one lad, recently worked out how to open the door. He's really smart. Luckily, the door has a lock, but now he hangs off the handle, kicks the door loudly. Uh, she, she says she uses a lemon cut into discs, hangs them from the handle, keeps them off the door. Uh, it's amazing what, what we'll, we'll think of, right? Uh, basically, she's saying that, that he's loud, he's keeping them up at night, and uh, her husband cannot let him in the room because he'll have an asthma attack. Jody Taggart says much the same thing. Jody says, please address the issue of early morning meowing, 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 uh, any other time of the day for what seems like no reason. This is important. My cat is 15 years old, always yelling at me. Uh, also, Gail Meckley, our nine-year-old cat, will not sleep at night. When I go to bed, she curls up with me, sleeps for about an hour. After that, she's roaming around, knocking things off the nightstand, dresser, walking across our heads, generally being noisy. Hey, Gretchen Leach, finally, there's another one. One of my cats always insists on waking me up very early in the morning, anytime from 1 to 4 a.m. Hello. What a sucky thing that is. All right. Uh, but she says if I get up and feed her, then she'll leave me alone. Surprise, surprise. Let me answer these four as best I can. Remember, I'm being so nutshelly here because I'm a bit on the clock. Uh, I, I think we have a bit of a YouTube problem if I go too long, which is why I'm talking uh, like I'm on speed. So here's the thing, you guys is the, the cats have circadian rhythms just like any other creature. So whether you're cat, dog, canary, ferret, uh, orangutan, or human being, you, we all have circadian rhythms, body clocks. Now, here's the thing. We, they rise and they fall with the natural spikes of the territory. So, for instance, we wake up in the morning, our animals wake up in the morning, and, and the energy starts going crazy. And then we get home from work, after a long day of looking at birds and sort of sleeping around, and boom, they come up again. Now, the thing is that there's, well, there's a couple of things here, but the important thing is that, first of all, you can affect that body clock by doing what? By doing, uh, you know I talk about this every time, play with your cats, wear them out before bed. If, let's say you go to bed at 11 o'clock. By about 9 o'clock, you should be playing hard with your guys. Hunt, catch, kill, then what happens? Feed them their dinner a little late, right? So eat. Now, if you're not feeding meals and you're free feeding, shame on you because uh, free feeding is a wasted opportunity. Food is a tool. Use your tools because once you regulate their digestion, you're regulating their energy. They should go to bed. Hunt, catch, kill, eat, groom, sleep. And they're sleeping with you. So now, while you're waiting for that to take effect, commit to this ritual. Give it about 10 days. And, and I've told people this before. Do what I'm telling you for 10 days, two weeks. If, if on the 15th day of committing hardcore to this ritual, uh, your cats are still waking up at 2 o'clock in the morning, call me. Wake me up. That's how sure I am this is going to work. Now, here's the second part of this thing, folks. You can't reward the behavior. You can't get up and feed the cat. As long as there's something in it for them, they're going to keep doing this. So what you need to do, unfortunately, is completely ignore your cats. And that may be a sucky couple weeks.
but I'm sorry, that's how it works. You have to extinguish the behavior by making no reward. There's no positive, there's no negative, meaning there's no, okay, honey, I'm coming. Okay, 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 it's two o'clock in the morning, but I'll give you a meal just to shut you up. There's no throwing a shoe. There's no yelling and screaming, shut up. There's nothing. Positive, negative, it doesn't matter. It's still attention. No attention means that the behavior will extinguish itself. It just takes a little bit of time and consistency. Along with your pre-bed ritual, two weeks on, on, on the 15th day, Call me and wake me up at 4 o'clock in the morning. That was pretty good advice. Mm-hmm. It was. Yeah. I put that into practice. <laughs> Anyway, um, so I guess that's our show. Like we said, we don't have any definite answers, of course. No. Uh, all we have is theories. Mm. So I uh, guess you can keep uh, scoping the headlines, looking for more mysterious deaths. And the only way that we can figure out what this all means is at the very end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Will all be revealed? Yeah. It'll all come out in the wash eventually. But uh, so that's our show for today. We'll see you next week with another topic yet to be determined. And uh, make sure you tune in on Sunday for Behind the Headlines or The Truth Perspective. Thanks to all of our listeners. Thanks to our chatters. Thanks to the caller who failed to call. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.